Welcome to Textonation. Joining us is David Hyman with Unagi, U-N-A-G-I. Thank you for joining us, David. My pleasure. Good to be here. Well, tell us what Unagi is. In this case, it's not something we're going to have for dinner. Exactly. So Unagi is the best stand-up electric scooter that you can buy today. Well, describe for us why it's the best, how it's different. For sure. Well, as, as, as you may know, and some of your audience may know, that um, stand-up electric scooters are quickly blanketing the earth, mostly through uh, a handful of companies that are doing something called ride-sharing, where they put a proliferation of these scooters on the street, and people can just jump on them and for a couple bucks take a short ride, and get from point A to point B in a very efficient manner, um, and, and in a, a way that's more fun and a lot less expensive than taking an Uber or, or a Lyft. So these companies have really just taken off uh, 100 cities this year alone in the United States. Um, so if some of your audience isn't exposed to this, they most likely will be soon because the trajectory in which they're blanketing the earth is, is faster than Uber and Lyft. And in fact, those two companies are now pivoting their businesses to focus on electric scooters. The whole category is called last mile. This, this ability to solve this problem of letting people do short distances in a way that's more efficient than taking an Uber or their own personal car. Um, and so <clears throat> We actually, our model's a little different than those guys. We think there's a sizable share of the market that's going to want to just own a scooter and not uh, rent them for a short ride. Uh, most of the ride-sharing services have a very high uh, density in, in kind of urban centers, but as you start to move out from those urban centers, there's a huge drop-off. And people like me, you know, I live 15 minutes outside of San Francisco. When I open my door, there isn't a scooter waiting for me. And I want to just get on one immediately and get to public transportation to get to my office or get to the local grocery store. And so they're the kind of perfect solution for short distance uh, travel. Uh, the Unagi scooter, which came out a week ago, and proud to say there's been a proliferation of reviews that have come out in the last week all saying that the scooter is the best one that one can buy, um, is the best one for a number of reasons. Mostly when you own one, you want it to be very different than the ones you see through the ride shares. Those are deliberately kind of heavy because they're meant to be vandal proof. When you own one, you want it to be powerful and lightweight. Um, and so we've kind of got the magical combination of very lightweight and folding with a lot of power and great range to go up to about 15 miles on a charge. Um, and aside from all those things, it's just absolutely beautiful. It's, it's kind of a work of art. Tell us about what went into the styling here. You've got a couple different models, right? Yeah, I would, I would urge your audience to go to unagiscooters.com where they can see them because it's, it's hard to describe the aesthetic, like describing what an iPhone looks like or a Tesla. They have incredible paint jobs. The, the base of the scooter is made from a single block of, machined from a single block of aluminum. So there's just no seams or gritty finishes. Um, the pole that folds up 
is made of carbon fiber. The handlebar and the front fork are made out of magnesium, which is a lot lighter than aluminum. So in every instance, we could find ways to shave weight. We did. And th that's why the whole scooter weighs about 21 pounds. And, you know, your lightest bicycle on earth, you know, is, is 30 pounds and up. So fairly light and very small footprint to take on a subway or a train. And they're kind of the ideal devices to get you to the train. And then when you get off your train, get you to your, to your office. They're like the ultimate solution for commuting. What should people know about how fast these can go and what the range is? You know, we, we cap the speed for, for safety reasons, and different states have different regulations around that. But we, we let them go about 16 miles an hour, and you can get about 15 miles of range on a single charge. They charge at home, just like your iPhone. It's a small charger. You bring it in your house. You charge it. It takes about three and a half, four hours to charge from empty to full. So you wake up and you've got a full charge ready to go about 15 miles. We've got two models that are identical, but one's got a lot more torque. So our base model, which is the E250, has a front 250-watt motor. And that's a perfect solution if you live in a flat urban city. So, for example, I'm in... I'm in New York right now visiting, and I've been riding around the last few days. And you would never need more than that if you lived in a city. And a few weeks ago, I was in downtown Los Angeles with one, and I had the same experience. It was it was awesome. Um, when you live in a place like I do in the Bay Area where we have a lot of hills, you would prefer the one that has more tor torque, which is called the E450. And that's got dual motor, a motor in the front and rear wheel. And when you're approaching a hill, you push a little button on on the handlebars, turns on the back motor, and all of a sudden you're magically crawling up the hill. Tell us what your thoughts are about how cities, suburbs, etc., are going to have to uh, adapt to the proliferation of scooters. What what needs to be done to really make this safe and and continuing the success? Mm -hmm. That's a that's an excellent question. So. Number one, the, the technology to allow these devices to exist kind of happened before cities knew how to regulate them, which is often the case. And the two ride-sharing companies that are the most aggressive in the space, Lion Bike and Bird, you know, their model is very different than ours. They come to a city, and it's, it's the model of ask na uh, you know, do it now and beg for forgiveness later. They dump a few thousand scooters in the street and all of a sudden, you know, part of the population is thrilled because they can get around really easily. The other part of the population is infuriated and up in arms because all of a sudden there's thousands of scooters all over the place sitting on the street. A lot of them are knocked over in the sidewalk, blocking sidewalks, making it inconvenient for people to move. You know, you've got handicapped people who can't get down the sidewalk anymore because scooters are laying on their sides. Um, and the other problem with that model is nobody's got a helmet, you know, nobody's carrying a helmet in their backpack. So that when they jump on one, they're riding in a safe manner and they're unregulated in that early adopters who are jumping on these scooters don't necessarily know 
where and how they can ride them. Do they ride them in the bike lane? Are they in the lane with regular vehicles or are they riding in the sidewalk? So it's kind of uh, the wild west right now. And my gut tells me that over the next few years, cities are going to have to regulate and find a way to make these work because people want them. You know, at the end of the day, they're providing a real value in letting people get around in a way that's much less expensive than uh, an Uber or a taxi. Uh, and they're much faster, especially for short distances. I just heard a stat recently that something like 50% of all car rides are less than a mile, which is an incredible stat. And it's because so many of the rides that people take are in cities and all of those rides could easily move over to this type of transportation. And that's, that's one of the reasons that Uber and Lyft are now quickly shifting their business models to uh, the electric scooter space because they, they see how many people are switching over to line bike and bird and, and not taking Ubers and Lyfts anymore. So, you know, the helmet problem for the ride shares is, is a conundrum. I don't know how they're going to figure that out. The thing we love about ownership with our business and what we're doing is, number one, you get the best scooter in the world, like much nicer than the ones you'd see on the street. Number two, way more convenient. It's always there when you need it, when you open your door. Number three, you take a lot of these issues out of the equation, right? There are thousands of scooters sitting on the, on the ground messing up the city, blocking sidewalks, and it's essentially public litter and, and ruins the beauty of a city. And, and when you own one, it's easy to have a helmet, just like a bicycle. You get on it, you've got your helmet, and you're, you're walking out the door. And interestingly, in January, when we come out of our Kickstarter, right now we're on Kickstarter, everybody, but if you go to inagiscooters.com, it'll take you over to our Kickstarter page. In January, when we come out of our Kickstarter, which is a crowdfunding campaign, we're actually going to be offering financing. So you'll be able to own the best scooter in the world for about $45 a month with 24 payments. And that is actually cheaper than what most people are spending on Lion Bike and Bird today. So the average person riding a Lion Bike is spending somewhere between $60 and $80 a month on rides. You can own the best for 45. So, Terrific. Now, where again can people find you and, and tell us more about the pricing? The best place to go is our website, unagiscooters.com, where we sell them globally from our website. The price, when we come out of our Kickstarter in January, will be $890 for our base model and $1,090 for our model that has more torque. And right now, if you come to our Kickstarter page, they're about 30% off. Terrific. And is there anything people should know about uh, how long the battery is going to last before it would need replacing? And is it user replaceable? The battery is user replaceable. And we can do it, too, for our customers, and we plan on doing that. There's about 10 screws you have to open up and put the new batteries in. We use the best batteries in the world from LG. In Korea, they're the absolute most expensive batteries you can put in a scooter. And the reason we like that is they're the safest 
and they also have the ability to have the most cycles of charge. So they're rated at something like 5,000 cycles. We don't imagine people having to change them very often. You know, you'd have to be an aggressive rider for many years before you would ever have to consider changing them. Very cool. And again, it's Unagi Scooters? U-N-A-G-I Scooters.com. Unagi Scooters.com. David Hyman, thank you for taking the time with us. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Now this. How many companies out there have continued to innovate when it comes to building a better radio? I'm Fred Fishkin, host of Textonation, and I'm here to tell you about the new CC SkyWave SSB radio from the wonderful people at C-Crane. Bob and his crew really love radio, and it shows in this new compact model that is packed with features. Beyond great AM and FM reception and sound, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. Listen to ham radio operators, aviation, and more. It's the radio you'll turn to every day and in emergencies. It will run for nearly three days on just two AA batteries. Pair the sleep timer with the new Soft Speaker 3, and you've got the perfect radio for your nightstand. Of course, it can wake you up too. Click on Crane at textination.com and put in the code textination for a free flashlight with your order. They love radio, and you'll love Crane.